Welcome everyone to Rocky Mountain Mamas. I'm your host, Marpeza Allen, and we're so excited to have you get on the show or come listen um, to the show today during this quarantine season. So today, because of the quarantining, I have been thinking about all kinds of things, everything I feel I have analyzed in my head four or five times a week. So I decided that I hadn't done a podcast in a while and now is the time, now is the season to get those thoughts out, reach out to you, see what you're thinking and because of that, I didn't want to anymore talk to myself. So I have invited one of the special people in my life, Mercedes Davis. And well, first of all, hi, Mercedes. Hello, my people. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. What are you up to? Um, You know, actually, just uh, quarantining like everybody else, you know, um, doing a lot of things around the house hanging out with my daughter um she actually starts back at school on tuesday so we will uh start the online learning okay. and then i am an educator so this will actually be new for me as well so starting to record lessons and just lesson prepping and a lot of things like that so and just kind of enjoying the downtime i feel like this is a a perfect time to like revitalize, re-energize, and refocus a lot of things. And I think um, a lot of people are kind of missing out on that point. So not stressing myself out and just making sure that I'm in alignment and all is well. I hear that. I like the word alignment. I think that's a good term and slowing down. That's, That's a good thing. The other side to that is the overanalyzing, I think, for me is is huge. So that's why I wanted to invite you on the show because you have so much positivity. And why not reach out and have a conversation with somebody who has a positive mindset to talk about imposter syndrome. Absolutely, absolutely. I just learned what imposter syndrome is on LinkedIn not too long ago. And... As I'm reading, I said, wow, there is wording as to what stops me from doing and jumping into exactly the things I want to do without thinking I'm not good enough, thinking that now is not a good time, and what if somebody notices that I'm not who I say I am? So what are your thoughts in light of your understanding of imposter syndrome and how that might affect people and especially as an educator? Uh, Well, you know, there's a few different viewpoints that you could take from this. A lot of people show up in certain spaces um, unauthentically and they're not showing their true self because they want to either gain favor, they want to fit in, or they're just not really sure how they um, are going to, one, like this particular situation and how the people are going to accept them. So when you show up with your representative, and and I tell my students this often, um, when you show up with your representative showing, eventually they leave. And basically think of it as, 
you go to like to go purchase a new car the sales representative that comes up to you is all in your face hey how can i help you do you need some water can i get you a snack the seating room is here try all this you know these bells and whistles but if you are just saying hey i'm not looking a lot of the time um all of those great feelings and and great interactions that they have with you, they kind of go away because in their head they're thinking this person isn't going to purchase the vehicle today. So then it's kind of just like, oh, hey, let me know if you need me, right? Hmm. And so it's the same thing with people or even when you're dating someone, oh, it's all the bells and whistles, I'm opening doors, I'm pulling out chairs, we're doing all this great stuff. But once you get into that friendship or dating type relationship, um, after so long, all of those things kind of fade because we get too comfortable. However, if you show up in any space as your true self and you're just, this is me, I'm here because I have an interest, I might be curious, whatever the case may be, you're being true not only to yourself, but also the energy that you attract and the people that you attract will have a genuine interest in you and not so much what they think um, is the person that you're showing so you're taking off that mask of this is what the world wants to see but then you go home and you're completely different okay. and you know yeah and so it's it's, it's one of those when it, when you can show up and just be yourself one you'll be a lot more comfortable because you're not acting and there's a quote from Mark Twain along the lines of the less you lie the less you have to remember, or it might be the opposite. The more you lie, the more you have to remember. Mm. I'm not quite sure, but it's along those lines, and that's basically what it is when you're showing up, um, you know, not it's not not true to yourself, because then you have to, oh, wait, did I like this? Did I say this? What, what space was I in? How was I feeling? And you're just really playing a big game of pretend, you know, and go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that in this day and age, there's such, there's a lot of players when it comes to pretend. There's a lot of people that have adopted the pretending, either it be in appearances and going into debt, or as you mentioned with dating, or cheating in class, cheating on, you know, getting a job, they're why do you think that there is so much of that going on now in 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 this day and age? Well, I think that especially like so in the workplace, let's say there's a lot of nepotism that occurs, right? And a lot of people feel that if I'm not related to X, Y, and Z, then I can't get this promotion. So I need to put up this facade to make it seem like I'm right in there with them get as comfortable as I possibly can so I can seem like family and reap those types of benefits. Um, At school, it's more I don't want to be ostracized for the things that I like or the things that I do, so let me hang out with this group of people and play pretend. However, when you go home, you're totally different, and although you might show some slight interest in whatever the majority is doing, when you get home, your safe space is the things that you truly enjoy. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that there are billions of people in this world um, who I'm sure there are some folks who share the same interests. 
you know, and so it's a matter of taking that little bit of extra time locating or interacting with those who have genuine interest as opposed to wasting that time and that energy to try to be someone or to hang out with a group or to be, you know, um, included in some things uh, that you're not really overly passionate about. So I think it's refocusing that energy and saying, here I am, I love myself, I am okay with who I am. Right. And, you know, just exploring those things. And then, of course, leaving that door open for new experiences and new options um, to occur to help, you know, that side of you grow, but not leaving from your true self and and, and who you really um, enjoy being on a day-to-day basis. It's interesting that you talk about being your true self and finding those people with the same interests. You know what I thought about yesterday? As in, in in terms of black women, there's this crown act that just passed. Right. Where, well, let's just look at the chain of events. So the crown act passes, what, end of February, beginning of March. And basically that is saying that you can point out hair discrimination in the workplace, which is exactly what you're talking about is these workplace dynamics. So now we're in quarantine And who knew that so many women did not know how to do their own hair or aren't comfortable with doing their hair, their nails. And what a way to really reflect on who you are and show up. And so there's (laughs) there's all these memes of like busted weaves and, you know, (laughs) all of these things. But yeah, so it's like. We don't need to remain in that state. We can start discovering who we are. And I mean, what is concerning to me is that it is 2020 and we're discussing hair discrimination. So that means there was a reason to hide behind the facade of wearing our hair natural or wearing the hairstyle that we wanted to wear because there's real ramifications. And how do we reconcile that? when you know it could it could cost you something that you really need or you really wanted um or your livelihood well you know i think that um social media has a huge huge role in this because think about and and, you know what and i'm just going to say trends as a whole because think about and, and I hate to really say this, but think about like video girls or top black actresses, artists, whatever, um, and anyone who might have been in the spotlight as a black woman. And from like the 80s and the 90s, they had uh, yeah. natural hair. Yeah. They weren't filled with plastic and they, like they were healthy. So whether they were a size two or a size 16, they were comfortable with who they were, right? So and true. so now it's, 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 almost, it's almost backwards because if you think the European cultures are now looking to darken their skin and plump their lips and have curly hair and wear braids and, you know, and, and embrace certain things, we'll say because fashion goes go a long way. And we have our black women who are, there are some who just are not really comfortable in their skin because of what people have said. However, it's the strength of ourselves, loving ourselves, but our community is also showing love. 
and that I mean that is a so much deeper conversation that we could have about another topic on another day right but if you think about it if I support you as hey I love your hair hair scarf I love your curls like as a multi yes as a multiracial Afro-Latina woman I have literally like I love both cultures and I mean I mix with a whole bunch of things but it's like I've never looked at it like oh I hate my curly hair it's okay, well, today I want to wear straight hair. Tomorrow I'm going to have curly hair. Or if I'm walking outside and my hair is flat ironed and it starts to rain, nine out of ten times when people are like, oh, my goodness, back for cover, I'm like, why? I'm just going to embrace the beauty of these curls that I got, you know? Right. So it's it's really just loving who, who we are. And the fact that we have to yell it, so to speak, at somebody else to say, hey, this is me, this is how I was created, this is what is growing from my body. This is the hairstyle that I've chosen. These are the accessories that I've chosen. And this is okay because this is me. The fact that we have to do that is so disheartening. Exactly. Because if you think about it, there are, let's say, um, is it Irish people who have really curly hair? They have, like, you know, Jewish people have really curly hair. And we've not had to fight for them to be able to wear their curls or, you know, their bigger hairstyles. We also have people from every ethnic group that wear um, locks. And that's never been questioned in any other group besides the African-American, Jamaican, East Indian, um, you know, whatever the case may be. That's only been questioned in these groups. But why? Because this is how we were grown. This is as natural and as organic as you're going to get. Right. I'm showing up as my authentic self. I'm representing not only my family, my community, but I'm representing my ancestors. So the fact that I have to fight to show up just as I am, there's there's literally there's something wrong with that. And even... <laughs> I tend to, and okay, first of all, what I didn't share at the beginning of the show is that Mercedes and I have been friends for a really, really long time. I mean, we've been friends over 10 years. I'm almost 20, almost 20 years. Uh, it'll be 20 years next year. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> so it, what's interesting is that we've weathered a lot of storms and there was even times where um, there was a season where we weren't talking you know, because of life and things like that. But we were able to pick up right where we left off. So she knows that I tend to go to the social justice. Uh, that is something that I tend to lean into. And just my observation of how history has affected this time, this day and age. And without getting too much into it, black women in particular are still seen as property and still seen as the working machine and regardless if we were you know house slaves or if we were on the field that you had to tie your hair up you could not express yourself in terms of your hairstyle and so even in pictures and video or what in the movies they're that is shown that it is a very new thing for us to be able to 
do our hair. The discovery of the fact that we have coiled hair. The discovery that some of us have finer hair. That we have different grades of hair. And then this whole uncalled for, unnecessary competition between good hair and bad hair. I can't stand when anyone refers to my hair or anyone else's hair as good or bad hair. Oh, absolutely. And my thing is, is good hair is hair that's on your head. Right. Because there are so many people who, you know, have had, whether it's an illness or an ailment that has caused them to lose hair or it's just genetics. So there are some people who would, you know, kill, so to speak, to have a head full of hair. Right. So I think that hair is... Like having good hair is hair on top of your head, whether it's straight, short, long, black, blonde, curly, coily, kinky. Like, it's it's beautiful, and it makes up. Like, it, it doesn't necessarily define you, but the interesting thing is, is certain hairstyles that people pick definitely go with their personalities. So yes. it's absolutely awesome to see how... You know, how how people use their hair to just, as, as an accessory, yeah. you know? And so I think it's I think it's phenomenal because I've seen people with straight hair do some hairstyles that I'm like, oh, whoa, this is awesome. But then I've also seen folks with more kinky hair do hairstyles that I, because of my hair grade, like I just can't accomplish. Right. And so it's almost like hair envy. Like if my hair is flat ironed, I cannot put a curling iron in it to make it like big billowy curls. And I have cousins and friends who they will flat iron their kinky hair and they can put a curling iron on it or some rollers and it turns into these amazing curls and it's just like, mm, oh my goodness, this is absolutely amazing. <laughs> right. I, I want I want that in my life. And you know? I don't and, I don't uh, even knock buying hair. I'm so with what Ever you want to do is your expression. Wigs, lace fronts, braids, that too is okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, it's, it's another way for self-expression. So true. Because even folks, you know, that have designs or they'll, like, I've never dyed my hair at all. And it's because I'm so afraid. So seeing someone walking down the street with, like, rainbow-colored hair, like, to me, it is so fascinating. And it's just, you are so brave. I will live my character through you because I, I just, I've never had any, like, chemicals in my hair. Yeah. So when I see folks, it's like, oh, wow, this is absolutely awesome. Like my purple tips that I'm rocking these days. You know what? And purple is my favorite color, so Girl. that is just absolutely Amazing. When I first seen them, I was like, okay, look at this. Yes, I, I am. You. you look like a superhero. <laughs> I know, I know, I am. <laughs> you do. You look like a superhero. Um, there's a, a selfie that you had posted on social media, and it was just like the way that the light was hitting the hair and everything, and I think like the wind was blowing. <laughs> oh, okay. I see you. So we, we got to get you a superhero. I know. Man. I need a name. I need, ugh, let me see. I've been into the word lotus, so I'd be lotus flower. Okay. You know. So we'd have to find a lotus that's purple. Yes. So, so I'm, that's what makes me out. completely unique is that I'm not pink. I'm a purple okay. lotus. So you're the voy- you're the royal lotus. Lotus flower, <laughs> you can't do that. 
when I'm low. She takes yeah. me high. That would be my intro music. (laughs) (laughs) I think that Miguel would be a little upset. You can teach me all the sounds of love. Except I cannot teach you the sounds of love. There is something completely broken with that. You know what? That, well, not necessarily true because I teach love. So I teach love at home and I teach love with my students. So you can. It's a different type of love that he is singing about that you won't be able to teach. But you can teach me all the sounds of love. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. and if you decide to go country classic, so, that's it, right? So, there. oh my goodness, I you're right about the love that I'm able to express, and there's different kinds of love, and I do enjoy loving my kids and I think when the time is right if the time is right which is what I accept as well is that it'll transfer it will expand there'll just be some kissing and other things involved so that's all right so it's funny that you start bringing up how this relates to our kids and even being in this space of where you know staying home is the only option that we have So, for me, co-parenting, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because I wish that I had my kids the whole time, but it has been refreshing to just realize that acceptance of whatever is my, not cross to bear, but whatever I'm supposed to do is what I'm supposed to do. So, you know, when the kids were here, I was just huge on let's let's get into the groove of homeschooling. I've been one to homeschool for a long time. And during this quarantine thing, I went for it, but it took me years because of my imposter syndrome. Oh, I don't know math. I don't know science. I don't know how to keep them motivated. And we pushed through even when... I wasn't sure I wanted to display and show them that I'm brave enough to check them, first of all, and tell them that I am the first teacher, I am the master teacher of their lives. So my daughter is looking at me bored, she's 11, bored, and she slumped in her chair. And now, mind you, this is the poster child at her school the scholar that got an award a couple years ago playing me and so she's like you know miss such and such doesn't teach like that and I had to get real close and walk up to her baby (laughs) look at me (laughs) Um, your parents are the first teachers and they will be your last And so anything outside of that is supplemental, including Miss Such and Such, and even including your youth pastor at church. It doesn't matter. We are the master teachers of our kids' whole life, regardless if it's reading, writing, or arithmetic, or, you know, learning how to love, cook, all of those things. I know you're teaching home ec and um, what have you. So... It's interesting putting things into perspective even for our kids during quarantine. And, you know, with mine being preteens, it's a real check you. <laughs> I got to check you on this because 
don't get it twisted and I'm glad we have this time together because I would have been missing had she thought for the rest of her life that I was supplemental. I am fundamental. So what are your thoughts on your quarantining with your daughter and even as a teacher since you're getting ready to teach? So I think that the one thing as parents, as educators, um, so first as parents, a lot of us aren't educators. A lot of us, you know, do other professions. And so it's hard for us when at this moment now we are homeschooling. And so there's a lot of us who are in this, in this space where, oh my goodness, I've never signed up to be a teacher. This is so hard. This is difficult. But the one thing um, that we have to remember as parents is find what style works for you. And so like you said, you kept telling yourself, I'm not great in this area. I'm not great in that area. Find the areas that you are great in and run with that. And even with your teaching style, you can learn the lessons right with your child. Yes. And so that way you can... Yes, and so when you find yourself at a wall, let's just say you don't know something, allow them to become the teacher. Because what that does is that shows them that there's an exchange of power. And being a leader, once they get older, there are some times where they're going to have to take that back seat and allow their team to move forward while they're in the support role. And I think a lot of the times we get confused, you know, with that term leader, teacher, and things of that nature, where... We don't want to show those that are younger than us that we don't know something because it causes um, anxiety or some type of feeling in us. And so if you're showing them at the time, like, hey, you know what, show me how to do this. Because obviously, you know, now our math is different the way they talk. They, they're using Singapore math now, I believe, for everything. And so it um, it's a lot different than the math that we learned. So this is also an opportunity for you and your child to to connect on a different level. So true. And so it's, yeah, there's a slight bit of, of, of you know, a struggle there or of uncertainty, like, Mom, I don't know how I'm going to get past this. Let's do this together. Because yeah. that shows them to overcome minor things that they may have been struggling with. And it shows them that you as a parent are there for them and that you're willing to work through things that they are really struggling with. And you know, that also is, a, is an issue in some instances with kids talking openly with their parents. So again, that's giving you that time to create a different level of relationship and also a different level of support for them. Well, also with you, it's teaching you the new math or the new whatever it is, let's just say, right. and it's putting you in a, in, in a vulnerable space, a vulnerable space, excuse me, However, it is still strengthening you because as adults, that's why a lot of the times we stop learning certain things at a certain age because our fear of embarrassment. Right. And I mean, honestly, we should never, ever stop learning. We're, we're like sponges. Well, we can be like sponges. But what happens to a sponge once it's dried out? It's hard. And that's where, that's that point of fear. Those are the insecurities, and that's the anger, and that's the tension. That's why that sponge is hot. But it, once you start sprinkling with new information, what happens? The sponge gradually gets wet. Right. 
and then they back to being able to soak up things yeah so it's just a matter of finding what works what style works for you and being comfortable and it's yes it's different than showing hey here's how you drive make sure you're checking behind you your scenery when you're walking you know it's different from those types of parenting skills um it's just in the platform of as opposed to using the world as the classroom we're actually using math social studies science english whatever the case may be we actually have a classroom that is a bit more um focused but you know specific focused areas that we're teaching and then you just can use all of that stuff in in real world as well so going to the grocery store doing stuff online being able to implement the things that you are working with your child being at home applying those to things that you notice around the house and it's i think it's absolutely right is adapting to your teaching style and due to the minimal level of my militancy i decided to really focus on African American history and African history and drove home the same way that I'm I told them I'm a master teacher that this is the basis and foundation of our existence and it's not it doesn't start or end with slavery um so with that vein my son is struggling with math and I decided well let's learn the history of math and what they realized is that math came from Africa. And so it really opened their eyes. So that's one thing that I decided to learn along the way with them. The other one, so that's my first one. I wanted to give you three. So that was the first one. The second was instead of rules, we created uh, agreements. And I love them. We came up with them together. I'm going to read them here in a second. But the third was public speaking. And so that is my passion for sure. And so they had to do presentations throughout the day just to check in with them and make sure that I knew what they actually picked up at their different age ranges. So I was pretty, you know, pretty clear on um okay I can be a stage mom let me not fret let me not <laughs> let me not fret because <laughs> I'm like no eye contact no quit fidgeting breathe and I was just telling you two before we recorded is I'm working on my ums right now and that is something that I told them too is watch and take your time to listen and really hear what you're saying And those were the three that I felt really confident in sharing in order to move forward. And it, yeah, it made me more comfortable. They understood where I'm coming from. And we had this basis of understanding with our agreements, which I'll read because we came up with these together. I think I only suggested like one, but I had to remind them and they felt so free with the fact that it was I will. And I do not have to, or, you know, I can't. So our 10, and we haven't named our school yet, but we will, is one, I will be respectful. Two, I will speak on purpose. Three, I will participate. Four, I will care for myself. Five, I will stay focused. Six, I will learn from each other and create study groups with that in parentheses seven i will ask 
Eight, I will go above and beyond. Nine, I will show gratitude. And ten, I will seek guidance. Do you know how proud I was <laughs> of them? That's and an awesome list. I love, girl. And the fact of the matter is, is since they're home, this can be a reminder that should spill out when they go into the world. And I was just really proud of them that, you know, to some extent that that helps me find out the barometer of what my kids are capable of and what they expect in the world and just like shaping that. And so you're absolutely right, especially with this generation, because as millennials and people just find it hard to believe that we're millennials because we're so smack dab in the middle between uh, whatever their generation is called and then gen x there's a hybrid there so we know oh i know how you were joking about oregon trail that's why we take quarantining so seriously (laughs) we've been there girl okay i'm like we know trauma <laughs> Fighting dysentery, <laughs> and bartering. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, it's like they prepared us for you know, it's gonna be really shitty for your you know age group because you're gonna go through you know nine eleven, a Columbine, and you know all of these like state of emergencies. So I take it very seriously. Keep my ass in the house. Oh, and you know, there's there's like the older generation that continues to try and move around. And these younger kids, because oh, going back to this, this younger kids, I'm not trying to knock them because I didn't appreciate when people knock millennials. We're different. It's the fact that they're so fluid, it's hard to put your finger on. And because millennials are so independent, they take it to the umph, nth, umph, whatever. They multiply <laughs> that. that. It's really hard to peg. <laughs> It's really hard to peg them. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, the crazy thing is, is we, so yes, we didn't really go through um, the the Oregon Trail days, you know, and we <laughs> obviously didn't have to go out and, and hunt and know, like, and all of that stuff. However, uh, I do think that it did prepare us, like, just the way that our parents raised us prepared us for certain things, you know, and kids these days, the, the younger generations these days, they're so fearless True. in their thinking. And it's almost as if they don't have a conscience and it sounds bad, <laughs> but it's just like, ah, I'm, whatever happens, happens, YOLO. Like I got this. And then it, there's no really, there's, it's rare that there's a lot of forward thinking in regards to what's going to happen after I do this or after this YOLO thought. So what happens after YOLO? Are you solo? Are you dolo? <laughs> <laughs> because of your cho- your YOLO choices, right. are you alone? <laughs> and alone being like... <laughs> Wait a minute, what is dolo though? What is, what is dolo? <laughs> Is that a candy? Rolo? Dolo? That's ro- I mean, I'm just saying, think about it. Some people say dolo, some people say solo, but like basically by yourself. Exactly. You know, and does that mean by yourself six feet under? By yourself without any friends or family? You know, so I think that with having that YOLO mentality, it's, 
you know, it was just like, oh, if I go outside and if I'm doing this, or for instance, was it Florida where that house party, that birthday party was, that the police yes. had to break it up? Yes. Um, such an upsetting video because the police in, in, in this particular instance were not trying to, you know, be forceful or angry. It literally was, hey, we have been governed to break up any parties or any gatherings with more than 10 people. Right. But why would they, you know, would they think it's okay? Like, oh, it's just, it's just 15 of us, it's 20 of us, it's 30 of us, it's 40 of us, because it ended up being a larger party. But um, why wouldn't they see the dangers in doing that? And it's, it's, it's all over the news, it's around the world, but it, this is my whomever's birthday party, I'm going to do this. And this you know, won't happen to me. YOLO, right, it's that, it's that YOLO mentality, like, we only live once, I'm going to have this birthday party, it's not going to happen to me, it's not going to happen to anybody else. But, you know, those forward-moving thoughts aren't, aren't actually there. So I, I don't I don't understand it. I'm paranoid about everything, honestly. Yeah. I'm joking, girl. I'm joking. Oh <laughs> I'm joking. Oh yeah, it's like, what I'm... movie was that? I'm joking. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know. It was a black movie, too. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, um, you did say something that... Um, made me think of your kids showing up authentically when they go out into the world sure. in regards to them creating the rules for the school. And if you think about it, if those are the ground points or the points that they like live by when they when they're at home, that's definitely what they're going to show when they go out into the world. Right. And I think as parents, we definitely have to, I know we say it all the time, like our kids are watching um, everything that we do, but I think we definitely need to be intentional with our words and our interactions. And especially around this time, because they are watching how we handle stress. They are watching how we interact with following rules and whether we um, agree with Donald Trump about things that he's doing, they're watching us and they're watching how we interact with people who we disagree with, who we agree with, who we like, and and, and, and everything. Right. And so we're teaching so many more lessons that aren't necessarily school-related than I think some of us even realize. So by us showing them these things, these will you know, ultimately translate into how they are as a human. Are you an asset to this world, or are you just someone who's taking, 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 and you don't have anything positive to give back, you know? And I'm glad that you brought up, this is how we're showing, this is what we're displaying, we're the example of how to handle, and with, and you also mentioned, like, our parents raised us to prepare us for our lives. So what are some things that you grew up with that you still to this day are thanking God that you learned? The overall, I would say the overall respect for people as a whole. Um, just by nature, I am like, I am a lover and I am a caretaker. Let me nurse you. Let me make sure that you are okay. And that is one big thing. Because I think that at times we we tend to forget to be sensitive, to be loving, to be caring, to be kind to one another. 
And that is definitely probably one of the biggest things that I've passed along to my daughter because she is totally that person. Um, I know, was it last week, you and I had a very, very important conversation. And the majority of that conversation um, was based on the interactions of my daughter. You know, with me being sick right now and, and having, I don't know if it's upper respiratory or pneumonia, one of the two, but, um, you know, sitting with my daughter and, you know, just telling her, like, hey, mommy just needs a, a little bit of rest right now. And her first instinct was to grab me a blanket, cover me up. And when I tell her, hey, thank you for taking care of mommy, and her first response is, no worries, mommy. You take care of me all the time. I have to take care of you. Mm. That's, that's, that's how we do it. That's how it's supposed to be. And coming from an eight-year-old girl, you know, that is just heartwarming. But she's been like that since she was a kid, you know. And so with this greater, you know, COVID-19 going on, me being sick and not not really knowing at that point, you know, what, what is going on, it brought a lot of strong emotions and a lot of tears because my first thought was, I cannot leave her. Like, I have to be strong for her. Yeah, that was powerful. You know, and, and, I, and I thank you a million times over for that because those are emotions that, you know, coming from someone who typically teaches belly breathing and, and mindfulness and, and social-emotional classes, that, for me, was something that, because of my strong feelings for her, were totally, you know, like they were gone at that moment, and I needed I needed help coming down. Yeah. And so once I got my footing, you know, I just began to think about the ways that I interact with people and show her. And even during, like, conversations when she gets on the phone now, like her and her friends want to start talk- calling each other, um, we walk through certain things. Or if we see someone in public in Gentry, they have a different look about them. Whatever their ability is, is maybe might be different, you know, and thoroughly explaining things, but coming from a place of understanding and not judgment. Right. Right. And fully walking through these things with her because she'll have questions and, you know, I want her to be accepting, but also in the space of if you don't understand something, how to ask the questions to where it's not offensive to the individual that you're asking. Right. And just being, Curious. You know, like I said, I, I teach love. Yes. So it, everything that I teach Gentry comes from a place of love and acceptance. And that was something that was taught to me. I've, my mother is not a black woman. And so I've never looked at her as anything other than my mom. Mm. And there's a lot of times that now I'll see like memes where it or or conversations will come up where it's you know black moms be like black black women are against black men dating white women or you know non-black women or vice versa let's just say right and my thing is is I would rather you be with someone who genuinely loves you and someone who you genuinely love because out of that you will get and you will create love but if you're with someone who is beating you up or isn't good for you or doesn't believe in you doesn't support you doesn't push you you're in a space to where you can't possibly teach your next generations about love Mm -hmm. you're teaching them to 
stay in situations that they don't necessarily um, love or aren't necessarily true or authentic to who they are inside. Yeah. And, you know, that translates when they go into the world to be mean to people, to be, you know, forced to stay in things and to not go for what they know is right for them. So I think it's just, going back to the initial question, it's just teaching love and, and, and being loved. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I think the same for my family. I think that's why they let... Well, we always talk about it like that's why our parents let us hang out. <laughs> Even though we were hot messes together, like those things were put... It were instilled. And it may... It will come out at the certain, the right time. And for me, like even when we had that conversation last week, the only thing I knew to do was pray. And that is something that I picked up from my parents. And the same vein is don't judge but pray like people are in their own space you don't know what their circumstances are and one thing that we both share and has been the reason and platform as we as we're talking about moving forward and working together more is the fact that out of that is the reason that it's so easy to serve other people and to offer up information and things that we know to uplift and not put down and that's you know that's exactly why I'm like of course ask Mercedes to talk with me today and with that being said we have discussed if you wanted to be a host with me co-host and um you know thoughtfully consider it but the conversations that we have are the conversations that we have right now you know minus minus like a few crass jokes we this is how how we talk so yeah so I wanted to wrap that up with just that thought and um invitation but also thank you so much for the fruitful conversation and your perspective on this time as we are recharging ourselves and the positivity and really trusting and believing that we're going to walk out of our homes better people if we take advantage of this time so do you have any plugs or anything else you would like to share or say before we wrap up um you know what just throughout this time just remember love love yourself um if you get overwhelmed, don't forget to practice the pause. Take a couple of moments to yourself. Breathe. Get frustrated. It's okay. Walk away. Don't be angry. And if you are angry, take three minutes to figure out what you're angry about. Mm. Recognize it. Say it. Tell it. Tell it to the, the world, the energy that, hey, this is not going to control me for the day, for the moment. And then allow that moment to pass use this time to to just be be in the, be in a space that is going to allow you to recharge yourself to revitalize and to put yourself in a clear state of mind so that way great choices and decisions can be made for you and your household and also enjoy this time because a lot of the times we're too busy Um, and caught up in a lot of things so just allow this time to pick up a hobby that you haven't done or you something that you might have put down and just enjoy it and love 
Yeah. And I also wanted to add, and I'll put them the links in the description, is uh, Khan Academy, K-H-A-N Academy.com is a great tool to help parents to and guardians to be able to support their kids academically and there's also a website that I can't think of on top of my head that does virtual field trips I think I emailed it to you Mercedes or messaged it anyway uh, that's a good tool and do you uh, suggest any others since you have younger people in the home you know there's actually quite a few if you go online there are a couple that do like foreign languages i know we just recently signed gentry up for there's a virtual karate class nice and yeah so i can actually prepare a list for next time and put those plugs out there for folks or maybe we can add them to the podcast yeah i'd love that yeah let's do that. that let's put together a list and then we can just add them with the podcast that way um, I'm not getting people, you know, having people go to dot net dot org. <laughs> be like, I don't know, let's I don't know. Yes, exact site, so we can get that list put together with the, with the podcast. But there are a ton of resources, and even if it's just story time, um, fun activities to do, mm-hmm. learning foreign languages. So yeah, there's so many things out there that we we you know we can get our hands on and things for the whole family or things for more independent study things that are fun things that are a bit more serious so we can we can definitely get a ton of those things together yeah thank god for technology when it's used in a fruitful way well i just want to thank you so much for uh, tuning in to our podcast rocky mountain mamas thank you so much again mercedes for being on the show when we're gonna have you again and um, what do- you know what you you just let me know when you want me on, and I'm here. You you know? Nice. Because yeah. I think every time we talk on the phone, I should be like, you know, let me record this. <laughs> you never know what you'll get out of it. Honestly, you never know. That's true. You never know what you'll take away. Whether so, it's a joke, whether it's yeah. something serious. It's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> so yeah you all be safe out there and we will uh, hopefully you tune back in the rocky mama mamas i'm your host marpeza allen have a great day